section four of an essay concerning human understanding. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Malone. An Essay Concerning Human Understanding by John Locke. No Innate Practical Principles, Part 2. 14. Those who maintain innate practical principles tell us not what they are. The difference there is amongst men in their practical principles is so evident that I think I need say no more to evince that it will be impossible to find any innate moral rules by this mark of general assent, and it is enough to make one suspect that the supposition of such innate principles is but an opinion taken up at pleasure, since those who talk so confidently of them are so sparing to tell us which they are. This might with justice be expected from those men who lay stress upon this opinion, and it gives occasion to distrust either their knowledge or charity, who, declaring that God has imprinted on the minds of men the foundations of knowledge and the rules of living, are yet so little favorable to the information of their neighbors or the quiet of mankind as not to point out to them which they are in the variety men are distracted with. But, in truth, were there any such innate principles, there would be no need to teach them. Did men find such innate propositions stamped on their minds, they would easily be able to distinguish them from other truths that they afterwards learned and deduced from them. And there would be nothing more easy than to know what and how many they were. There could be no more doubt about their number than there is about the number of our fingers, and it is likely, then, every system would be ready to give them us by tail. But, since nobody, that I know, has ventured yet to give a catalogue of them, they cannot blame those who doubt of these innate principles, since even they who require men to believe that there are such innate propositions do not tell us what they are. It is easy to foresee that if different men of different sects should go about to give us a list of those innate practical principles, they would set down only such as suited their distinct hypotheses and were fit to support the doctrines of their particular schools or churches. A plain evidence that there are no such innate truths, nay, a great part of men are so far from finding any such innate moral principles in themselves that by denying freedom to mankind and thereby making men no other than bare machines they take away not only innate but all moral rules whatsoever and leave not a possibility to believe any such to those who cannot conceive how anything can be capable of a law that is not a free agent. And upon that ground they must necessarily reject all principles of virtue, who cannot put morality and mechanism together, which are not very easy to be reconciled or made consistent.
15. Lord Herbert's Innate Principles Examined When I had written this, being informed that my Lord Herbert had, in his book De Veritate, assigned these innate principles, I presently consulted him, hoping to find in a man of so great parts something that might satisfy me in this point and put an end to my inquiry. In his chapter De Instinctu Naturale, I met with these six marks of his Notitiae Communes. 1. Prioritas. 2. Independentia. 3. Universalitas. 4. Certitudo. 5. Necessitas, that is, as he explains it, faciunt ad hominis conservationem. 6. Modus conformationis, that is, ascensus nulla interposita mora. And at the latter end of his little treatise De Religione Laici, he says this of these innate principles, Adio ut non unius cuius vis religionis confinio arctentur quae ubique vigent veritates, sunt enum in ipsa mente caelitus descriptae nullisque traditionibus sive scriptes, sive non scriptis obnoxiae pagina tres, and veritates nostri catholicae, quae tamquam in dubia dei e mata in foro interiori descripti. Thus, having given the marks of the innate principles or common notions, and asserted their being imprinted on the minds of men by the hand of God, he proceeds to set them down, and they are these. 1. Esse aliquod supremum numum. 2. Numen illud coli debere. 3. Virtutem cum pietate coniunctam optimum esse rationem cultus divini. 4. Recipiscendum esse a peccatis. 5. Dari primium vel poinum post hunc vitam transactum. Though I allow these to be clear truths, and such as, if rightly explained, a rational creature can hardly avoid giving his assent to, yet I find he is far from proving them innate impressions in foro interiori descripti, for I must take leave to observe. 16. These five, either not all, or more than all, if there are any. First, that these five propositions are either not all, or more than all, those common notions written on our minds by the finger of God. If it were reasonable to believe any at all to be so written, since there are other propositions which, even by his own rules, have as just a pretense to such an original, and may be as well admitted for innate principles, as at least some of these five he enumerates, namely, Do as thou wouldst be done unto, 
and perhaps some hundreds of others, when well considered. 17. The supposed marks wanting. Secondly, that all his marks are not to be found in each of his five propositions, namely his first, second, and third marks, agree perfectly to neither of them, and the first, second, third, fourth, and sixth marks agree but ill to his third, fourth, and fifth propositions. For besides that we are assured from history of many men, nay, whole nations, who doubt or disbelieve some or all of them, I cannot see how the third, namely, that virtue joined with piety is the best worship of God, can be an innate principle, when the name or sound of virtue is so hard to be understood, liable to so much uncertainty in its signification, and the thing it stands for so much contended about and difficult to be known, and therefore this cannot be but a very uncertain rule of human practice, and serve but very little to the conduct of our laws, and is therefore very unfit to be assigned as an innate practical principle. 18. Of little use if they were innate. For let us consider this proposition as to its meaning for it is the sense and not sound that is and must be the principle or common notion, namely, virtue is the best worship of God, that is, is most acceptable to him, which, if virtue be taken, as most commonly it is, for those actions which, according to the different opinions of several countries, are accounted laudable, will be a proposition so far from being certain that it will not be true. If virtue be taken for actions conformable to God's will, or to the rule prescribed by God, which is the true and only measure of virtue when virtue is used to signify what is in its own nature right and good, then this proposition, that virtue is the best worship of God, will be most true and certain but of very little use in human life, since it will amount to no more but this, namely, that God is pleased with the doing of what he commands, which a man may certainly know to be true, without knowing what it is that God doth command, and so be as far from any rule or principle of his actions as he was before. And I think very few will take a proposition which amounts to no more than this, namely, that God is pleased with the doing of what he commands, for an innate moral principle written on the minds of all men, however true and certain it may be, sets it teaches so little. Whosoever does so will have reason to think hundreds of propositions innate principles, since there are many which have as good a title to this as to be received as such, which nobody yet ever put into that rank of innate principles. 19. Scarce possible that God should engrave principles in words of uncertain meaning. Nor is the fourth proposition, namely, men must repent of their sins, 
much more instructive, till what those actions are that are meant by sins be set down. For the word peccata, or sins, being put as it usually is, to signify in general ill actions that will draw punishment upon the doers, what great principle of morality can that be to tell us we should be sorry and cease to do that which will bring mischief upon us, without knowing what those particular actions are that will do so? Indeed, this is a very true proposition, and fit to be inculcated on and received by those who are supposed to have been taught what actions in all kinds are sins. But neither this nor the former can be imagined to be innate principles, nor to be of any use, if they were innate, unless the particular measures and bounds of all virtues and vices were engraven in men's minds, and were innate principles also, which I think is very much to be doubted. And therefore, I imagine, it will scarcely seem possible that God should engrave principles in men's minds in words of uncertain signification, such as virtues and sins, which amongst different men stand for different things. Nay, it cannot be supposed to be in words at all, which, being in most of these principles very general names, cannot be understood but by knowing the particulars comprehended under them. And in the practical instances, the measures must be taken from the knowledge of the actions themselves and the rules of them, abstracted from words and antecedent to the knowledge of names, which rules a man must know what language soever he chance to learn, whether English or Japan or if he should learn no language at all, or never should understand the use of words, as happens in the case of dumb and deaf men. When it shall be made out that men ignorant of words, or untaught by the laws and customs of their country, know that it is part of the worship of God not to kill another man, not to know more women than one, not to procure abortion, not to expose their children, not to take from another what is his, though we want it ourselves, but on the contrary, relieve and supply his wants, and whenever we have done the contrary, we ought to repent, be sorry, and resolve to do so no more. When, I say, all men shall be proved actually to know and allow all these and a thousand other such rules, all of which come under these two general words made use of above, namely virtutes et peccata, virtues and sins, there will be more reason for admitting these and the like, for common notions and practical principles. Yet, after all, universal consent, were there any in moral principles, to truths, the knowledge whereof may be attained otherwise, would scarce prove them to be innate, which is all I contend for. 20. Objection. Innate principles may be corrupted, answered. Nor will it be of much moment here to offer that very ready but not very material answer, namely, that the innate principles of morality may, 
by education and custom, and the general opinion of those amongst whom we converse, be darkened, and at last quite worn out of the minds of men, which assertion of theirs, if true, quite takes away the argument of universal consent, by which this opinion of innate principles is endeavoured to be proved, unless those men will think it reasonable that their private persuasions, or that of their party, should pass for universal consent, a thing not infrequently done, when men, presuming themselves to be the only masters of right reason, cast by the votes and opinions of the rest of mankind as not worthy the reckoning. And then their argument stands thus. The principles, which all mankind allow for true, are innate. Those that men of right reason admit are the principles allowed by all mankind. We, and those of our mind, are men of reason. Therefore, we agreeing, our principles are innate. Which is a very pretty way of arguing, and a shortcut to infallibility. For otherwise it will be very hard to understand how there be some principles which all men do acknowledge and agree in. And yet there are none of those principles which are not, by depraved custom and ill education, blotted out of the minds of many men. Which is to say, that all men admit, but yet many men do deny and dissent from them. And indeed, the supposition of such first principles will serve us to very little purpose, and we shall be as much at a loss with as without them, if they may, by any human power, such as the will of our teachers, or opinions of our companions, be altered or lost in us. And notwithstanding all this boast of first principles and innate light, we shall be as much in the dark and uncertainty as if there were no such thing at all, it being all one to have no rule, and one that will warp any way, or amongst various and contrary rules, not to know which is the right. But concerning innate principles, I desire these men to say, whether they can or cannot, by education and custom, be blurred and blotted out. If they cannot, we must find them in all mankind alike, and they must be clear in everybody. And if they may suffer variation from adventitious notions, we must then find them clearest and most perspicuous nearest the fountain, in children and illiterate people who have received least impression from foreign opinions. Let them take which side they please. They will certainly find it inconsistent with visible matter-of-fact and daily observation. 21. Contrary Principles in the World I easily grant that there are great numbers of opinions which by men of different countries, educations, and tempers, are received and embraced as first and unquestionable principles, many whereof, both for their absurdity as well as oppositions to one another, it is impossible should be true. But yet all those propositions, 
how remote soever from reason are so sacred somewhere or other that men even of good understanding in other matters will sooner part with their laws and whatever is dearest to them than suffer themselves to doubt or others to question the truth of them twenty two how men commonly come by their principles this however strange it may seem is that which every day's experience confirms and will not perhaps appear so wonderful if we consider the ways and steps by which it is brought about and how really it may come to pass that doctrines that have been derived from no better original than the superstition of a nurse or the authority of an old woman may by length of time and consent of neighbor grow up to the dignity of principles in religion or morality for such who are careful as they call it to principle children well and few there be who have not a set of those principles for them which they believe in instill into the unwary and as yet unprejudiced understanding for white paper receives any characters those doctrines they would have them retain and profess these being taught them as soon as they have any apprehension and still as they grow up confirm to them either by the open profession or tacit consent of all they have to do with or at least by those of whose wisdom knowledge and piety they have an opinion who never suffer those propositions to be otherwise mentioned but as the basis and foundation on which they build their religion and manners come by these means to have the reputation of unquestionable self-evident and innate truths twenty three principles supposed innate because we do not remember when we began to hold them to which we may add that when men so instructed are grown up and reflect on their own minds they cannot find anything more ancient there than those opinions which were taught them before their memory began to keep a register of their actions or to date the time when any new thing appeared to them and therefore make no scruple to conclude that those propositions of whose knowledge they can find in themselves no original were certainly the impress of god and nature upon their minds and not taught them by any one else these they entertain and submit to as many do in their parents with veneration not because it is natural nor do children do it where they are not so taught but because having been always so educated and having no remembrance of the beginning of this respect they think it is natural twenty four how such principles come to be held this will appear very likely and almost unavoidable to come to pass if we consider the nature of mankind and the constitution of human affairs wherein most men cannot live without employing their time in the daily labors of their callings nor be at quiet in their minds without some foundation or principle to rest their thoughts on there is scarcely any one so floating and superficial in his understanding who hath not some reverenced propositions which are to him 
the principles on which he bottoms his reasonings, and by which he judgeth of truth and falsehood, right and wrong, which some, wanting skill and leisure, and others the inclination, and some being taught that they ought not to examine, there are few to be found who are not exposed by their ignorance, laziness, education, or precipitancy, to take them upon trust. 25. Further explained. This is evidently the case of all children and young folk, and custom, a greater power than nature, seldom failing to make them worship for divine what she hath inured them to bow their minds and submit their understanding to, it is no wonder that grown men, either perplexed in the necessary affairs of life, or hot in the pursuit of pleasures, should not seriously sit down to examine their own tenets, especially when one of their principles is that principles ought not to be questioned. And had men leisure, parts, and will, who is there almost that dare shake the foundations of all his past thoughts and actions, and endure to bring upon himself the shame of having been a long time wholly in mistaken error? Who is there hardy enough to contend with the reproach which is everywhere prepared for those who dare venture to dissent from the received opinions of their country or party? And where is the man to be found that can patiently prepare himself to bear the name of whimsical, skeptical, or atheist, which he is sure to meet with, who does in the least scruple of any of the common opinions? and he will be much more afraid to question those principles when he shall think them, as most men do, the standard set up by God in his mind to be the rule and touchstone of all other opinions, and what can hinder him from thinking them sacred when he finds them the earliest of all his own thoughts and the most reverenced by others. 26. A WORSHIP OF IDOLS It is easy to imagine how, by these means, it comes to pass that men worship the idols that have been set up in their minds, grow fond of the notions they have been long acquainted with there, and stamp the characters of divinity upon the absurdities and errors, become zealous votaries to bulls and monkeys, and contend too fight and die in the defense of their opinions, dum solos credit habendos esse deos, quos ipse colet. For, since the reasoning faculties of the soul, which are almost constantly, though not always warily nor wisely employed, would not know how to move, for want of a foundation and footing in most men, who through laziness or avocation do not, or for want of time or true helps, or for other causes, cannot penetrate into the principles of knowledge, and trace truth to its fountain and original, it is natural for them, and almost unavoidable, to take up with some borrowed principles, which, being reputed and presumed to be the evident proofs of other things, are thought not to need any other proof themselves. 
whoever shall receive any of these into his mind and entertain them there with the reverence usually paid to principles never venturing to examine them but accustoming himself to believe them because they are to be believed may take up from his education and the fashion of his country any absurdity for innate principles and by long pouring on the same objects so dim his sight as to take monsters lodged in his own brain for the images of the deity and the workmanship of his hand twenty seven principles must be examined by this progress how many there are who arrive at principles which they believe innate may be easily observed in the variety and opposite principles held and contended for by all sorts and degrees of men and he that shall deny this to be the method wherein most men proceed to the assurance they have of the truth and evidence of their principles will perhaps find it a hard matter any other way to account for the contrary tenets which are firmly believed and confidently asserted and which great numbers are ready at any time to seal with their blood and indeed if it be the privilege of innate principles to be received upon their own authority without examination i know not what may not be believed or how any one's principles can be questioned if they may and ought to be examined and tried i desire to know how first and innate principles can be tried or at least it is reasonable to demand the marks and the characters whereby the genuine innate principles may be distinguished from others that so amidst the great variety of pretenders i may be kept from mistakes in so material a point as this when this is done i shall be ready to embrace such welcome and useful propositions and till then i may with modesty doubt since i fear universal consent which is the only one produced will scarcely prove a sufficient mark to direct my choice and assure me of any innate principles from what has been said i think it past a doubt that there are no practical principles wherein all men agree and therefore none innate end of section four reading by malone